how God is a father for us and how that as well can shape our fatherhood in terms of how uh, or parenthood as we raise children, we raise grandchildren, all those sorts of things. And so this week, we're returning to that scripture that I looked at last week and, and taking it in a different direction than I took it last week. Uh, last week, we talked about what it means for God to be Father uh, in an age where, where maybe we struggle with the image of Father. But let's look again at the first chapter of Genesis. 26th verse. And God said, Let us make humanity in our image, in our likeness, and so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock, over the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move on the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food and all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground. Everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made. And it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. This was the word of God for you and me, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Lord, as I share today, just uh, help me lift you up. Help us embrace your love as Father for our hearts and lives. And uh, shape us to be fathers and mothers who remind our families, our children, our grandchildren of you by their time with us. So Lord, I pray you'll help us as we look at these things together. Transform our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, uh, when a new baby arrives, Right. One of the very first things that we love to do as families, as parents, grandparents, whoever it is, is try to figure out who the baby looks like most. Right? Oh, she has her mother's blue eyes. Yep. Right. Oh, look at those skinny chicken legs. Those are his dad's for sure. And that little dimple on her cheek, that's dad's too. That curly hair, curly dark hair, that's got to be mom's. As parents, we love to look at that little baby and figure out uh, how it's been shaped and molded, how it looks like mom and dad in some unique way. It's one of the fun things to kind of for us to do, to celebrate, to to recognize uh, the child that's arrived. And so when God says in these verses, I've made Adam and Eve, I've made man and woman in my image, in the image of God I've made them, he's talking along the same kind of line, right? How we as human beings 
look like him and reflect his image, especially in comparison to all the other creatures and all the other plants and animals on the face of the earth. As human beings, we are unique. And God has made us unique. God has made us to look like him. And some examples of that is, one, just our ability to reason, our ability to use our brains in a way to, to shape the world and to shape language and to shape culture and to shape our community. We can do that more powerfully and more effectively than, than any other creature on earth. We also are very creative beings, right? I mean, we, we're one of the few that made tools thousands of years ago out of stones and rocks and then later figured out how to do bronze and from bronze we figured out how to write and from writing you know now we can make these uh, things we carry in our pockets all day that are just amazing creation and our creativity whether it's art music science whatever it is all those things stem from our connection to the one who made everything. But not only that, our ability to love those around us, our ability to care, our ability to look after one another, um, our ability to lead, to shape the world around us, all these things are qualities that over the ages... Uh, followers of Jesus and theologians and all those kind of folks have said, these are the kinds of things that make us like God, our Father who has made us. God has made us look like himself. And that stamp, that stamp of the image of God uh, also is God's effort, God's uh, description of us as we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are made special and significant. And uh, it's that significance that we want to celebrate and lift up today. It's kind of amazing when you really think about it. King David thought about this idea that, that we are made significant and, and uh, wonderful. In the 8th Psalm, in the 8th Psalm, this is what King David shared. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is humanity? That you're mindful of them. Human beings, that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels. You've crowned them with glory and honor. You have made them rulers over the works of your hands. You've put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds, the animals in the wild, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the ocean. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So here David catches the amazing mystery that we are made significant and special. 
given honor and glory above all the other creatures on the face of the earth. And it is amazing. I mean, look at the vastness of the universe. There are billions and billions of galaxies and billions and billions of stars and billions and billions of planets. And here we are, just itty-bitty creatures on one little planet and one little solar system and one little part of the Milky Way galaxy. And yet, yet the Creator loves us. Yet God has made us in his image. Yet we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that is incredible. That is awesome. And if God values us to give us this place of significance in the midst of a vast universe, then uh, shouldn't we be able to love ourselves? Shouldn't we be able to love those around us who are also made in the image of God, no matter where they're from, no matter what their skin color, no matter what their language, whether they talk Spanish or English, whether they're from the Middle East as a Middle Eastern Muslim, whether they're in Hindu society of India, no matter who they are or where they are, they are also stamped in the image of God. They are also worthy. They're also called to care for one another and love one another. And so today, one of the words I want you to hear is if God says that you are valuable, God says I am valuable, and God says all of us are valuable, then somehow, way, how can we not love who we are? You know, I know body image is a big deal for a lot of us, especially when we're younger, when we're teenage girls maybe, or teenage guys, thinking, oh, my nose is too big, or uh, my hips are too big, or this is too small, or, you know, we, we go through all that stuff. But yet at the fundamental level, we're fearfully and wonderfully made, and as a result, the Lord wants to help us learn how to say yes to who we are, to how he has made us, to embrace that. Not just for us, but for those around us. Um, as we talk a little bit about this, uh, when I talk about the fatherhood of God, one theologian I think of in particular is the Scottish theologian and novelist George MacDonald. George MacDonald had deep influence on folks like C.S. Lewis and Madeline Lingle, who wrote Wrinkle in Time and several others. And uh, he was an incredible follower of Jesus, gosh, over 100 years ago. But his thoughts on the fatherhood of God uh, are pretty incredible. And, and when we talk about being, being made in God's image, I want to share just a little of his insight as to what that means for us. He says this in, in one of his thoughts. In this, then, is God like the child, that he is simply and altogether our friend, our father, more than friend, father, or, and mother, our infinite love, perfect God, 
grand and strong beyond all that human imagination can conceive of poet thinking and kingly action. He is delicate beyond all that a human tenderness can conceive of husband or wife. Homely beyond all that human heart can conceive of father or mother. He does not think of us in two separate ways. With him, all is simplicity of purpose and meaning and effort and end. Namely, that we should be as he is. Think the same thoughts, mean the same things, possess the same blessedness. It is so plain that anyone may see it. Everyone ought to see it. Everyone shall see it. It must be so. God is utterly true and good to us, and nothing shall withstand his will. Here he expresses how God has a father's heart for us as his children. And God's best desire is for us to embrace that image of him in us in such a way that we become more and more like him. So, not only are we fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God the Creator, but there are some other dynamics we see here of God's fatherhood too that we want to look at just a bit more. First part we see is that God has a heart and a destiny and a purpose for us. When God made Adam and Eve, when he made early human beings, it says he blessed them, and then he told them, be fruitful and multiply, and then go take charge of this world and in a way of blessing, shape it, mold it, make it in a way that will bring out the best of the world. The rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the animals on the planet, and all the different creatures. And in this, God calls us to a higher purpose and place. God calls us to a higher purpose and place. God as Father wants us to be our very best. And we are our very best the more and more we know him, the more and more we look like him, the more and more we follow him. And, uh, and so that's our call. God has a specific call from each and every one of our lives. Some God calls into full-time kingdom ministry, whether it's his preachers or his song leaders or his musicians or, or whatever, but but for all of us, he calls us to live out his kingdom will, live out his kingdom values, and make a difference in our communities and nation and world. Use what God puts in us to help us love our neighbor in a way that brings the love of Jesus, the forgiveness of Jesus, the salvation of Jesus, and the good news of the kingdom to those around us. To shape our world in ways that make it a better place. Where we care for creation. Y'all, we live in our world where we need to do a better job caring for creation, where we care for our neighbors, where we care for others. God places all that before us and says, that is who we are. Live it out. Live out my purpose and call for your life. In that, he blesses us because God wants us 
to be lights in dark places. God blesses us because he wants us to be lights in dark places. He encourages us. He challenges us. He shapes and molds us. And he will not be satisfied until he has placed his stamp on our hearts and lives. To share kind of a second example of this from, uh, from again, from George MacDonald, this is what he says. Uh, no more than an earthly parent can God be content to have only children. He must have sons and daughters, children of his soul, of his spirit, of his love, not merely in the sense that he loves them or even that they love him, not in the sense that they love like him, love as he loves, but this he does, for this he does not adopt them, he dies to give them himself, thereby to raise his own to his heart. He gives them a birth from above, they are born again out of himself and into himself. His children are not his real true sons and daughters until they think like him, feel with him, judge as he judges, and are at home with him. Love the same things, seek the same ends. For this we are created. It is the one and end of our being and includes all other ends, whatever. So our purpose, he says, are to be true sons and daughters that think like him, feel like him, judge as he judges, are at home with him, love the same things, and seek the same end. For this we are created. God wants us as children to reach our full potential and to be who he wants us to be. And then the final component we see in our scriptures today is not only that, but we see a father who takes care of his children, who protects them and provides for them. You notice the, the little verses that kind of at the end of our scriptures that says, and God said, I give you every fruit-bearing tree and every uh, you know, plant on the earth that's edible for food, you shall use that to be nourished and strengthened and all that. And, and in that we see the protective and the provision of God, that God is one who watches over his children, who provides for his children, who cares for his children. In that we see the, the ancient uh, name of God, Jehovah Jireh. Some of you maybe know that song, praise song from the 80s, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Uh, they've brought it back now uh, with uh, Maverick City is doing a new one called Jaira, celebrating the God who cares for us and provides for us and keeps after our daily bread. So we celebrate that today too. That this, these are some of the dynamics of God who is the best Father for us. And so. In like ways, we are called to be fathers, mothers, grandfathers, grandmothers to our kids in similar ways, right? In ways where we love our children well 
like the Father loves us most. When we look at our kids or our grandkids, to not only see that they have their mom's dimple or curly hair or have their dad's skinny legs, but also to see that they are made special, wonderfully, and amazingly made. And our role as parents, right, is to help our kids be transformed from the little babies they are into bright human beings who listen in their relationship with God and find their call. So as parents, we're continuing to try to help shape and mold their lives in ways so that when they reach that 16, 17, 18, they can begin to figure out who they are to be in this world and how they can be light in dark places. And like God the Father, we also are called to protect and provide those kids, those children under our care, to nurture them, watch after them, and to care for them. This we call love. We give thanks that the Father loves us. We are called to love our children and our grandchildren in the same way. Um, the sad part is, is on the news too often we see that that doesn't always, it's not being lived out everywhere, right? I looked on the news this week, found probably at least half a dozen stories of children and families struggling with neglect, struggling just to make it another day. There's one mom, I think, in Ohio, stabbed both her kids and sent them to the hospital. There's a, another family who uh, was smoking pot in the house with them, and so their kids had THC in their system, but not only that, the, the house was a complete and utter wreck. Uh, the kids were neglected, dirty, uh, dirty diapers that who knows how long had been on them. You know, all those kinds of things we see in our world, uh, the tragedy of parents who do not love and value and take care of their children. And uh, we give thanks that the Father models for us a healthier picture of love, a healthier picture of grace a healthy picture of goodness and care and provision. And those that's the kind of parent I want to be. I know I'll close with this. When our kids were first being born, like Lindsay, only a couple of days old, um, I'd be changing her diaper. At that point in my life, I made a covenant uh, over my kids. I would say, Lord, help me by God's grace not to do anything to harm this little one in my care, to abuse, to hurt, to hold back. Help me all my days to make sure that I value them, I love them, and I protect them, and not be a source of harm for their lives and for their future. So for all my kids, I did that. And I think that's important for us. It's especially important I think when you adopt kids into your family, uh, to have that covenant heart that this is God's child who I get the privilege of raising, and I want to make sure that I do everything to love and protect and provide for this family. 
And so whether it's our kids, our grandkids, whoever it is, those are, that's a great attitude to have, a great decision to make. And then the last thing I'll share is, so Chris, what do you want us to do with this? I'll tell you what, I want to encourage you. How can you help your children or your grandchildren or your great-grandchildren, how can you help them know that in your heart, in your mind, in your life, that they are special for you? They are special for you. Um, how can you write a word of blessing, a word of hope, a word of celebration that they've found their call in life, a word of encouragement if they're trying to find their call in life? I want to encourage you, maybe this week, go write letters. Start writing some letters of blessing and love and grace for your kids and your grandkids. You can either do it all in a week, or if you want, maybe take their birthdays this year and commit for their birthdays this year. You're going to write them a note and bless them as the Heavenly Father has blessed you. And uh, if you'll do that, they'll plant some seeds in our kids' lives and help raise them up, be all God wants them to be as their Heavenly Father in the next generation.